Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Hello and welcome to the In The Pen podcast, part of the Pitcher List Podcast Network, a podcast about relievers. My name is Jake Crumpler, and as always, I'm joined by Rick Graham. We're without Callan Elsliger today. He is, I don't even know what he's doing. I forgot, but that's okay. Rick, how is your week going? I believe I believe he's at a wedding, so okay, you know, worth good it. for him. That's fun. Yeah. Fun time. So he's not his- getting married. We, we got to no, make no. that clear. He's not yes. the one getting married. He is attending another person's wedding. And that is yeah, so <laughs> hopefully uh, he's having a good time out there. But yeah, we're here to uh, talk about relievers still and, you know, get everyone caught up on the post trade deadline news notes and all the activity. Yeah, I, I had a pretty interesting week, actually. I, I didn't tell you before the podcast so that I could talk about it genuinely on Ooh. the podcast. Okay. Um, so I was in Hawaii Sunday oh. through oh, no. Wednesday. I came back a day early because my company was having an event and that event included a softball game that I suggested that they moved to the day that I wasn't going to be there. So I had to come mm. back a day early from Hawaii, which it was a short trip, but it, it's always uh, a great time to go there and relax. We got a really cheap rate because my mom had to go to one of those, uh, timeshare meetings, which is not great, but it, it I, it's fine when you only have to go for a couple hours and you get really cheap rates, but mm-hmm. we avoided the fires and everything. So uh, hearts out to everyone in Maui right now. Yes. Um, but I did come back. We played the softball game. I was the man. I hit a home run. It was, <laughs> it was all worth it. I was one of three guys to hit a home run. One of the other guys was uh, like a professional softball player. So I, I felt really oh, good. Okay. I hit as many home runs as he did. So uh, it, I, I definitely, I haven't played baseball since I was like 13. So yeah. I, was re- I was really glad that I like was so cocky and then I was able to back <laughs> it up. I went out there and hit in a home run. So yeah, yesterday was like the best day of work I've ever had. So I'm I'm still sort of rolling off that high right now. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, especially. I mean, I was pretty decent at baseball, but softball, playing slow pitch softball, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, it, it really irritated me how, how difficult that was to mm-hmm. me to, you know, kind of learn the uh the nuances of it but yeah that's i mean good for you you know suggesting it and then just going deep in your first exactly. first ever game it's uh yeah it's a good way it's a good way to start your your softball career there that's right i i'd never hit a home run even in little league so this was my first ever <laughs> home run ever so yeah it was uh, uh if if you've never hit a home run just it's imagine what you think it would feel like yeah. that's exactly what it feels like it's yeah <laughs> it, it was pretty great but did you, this did is, you know go ahead. did you did you know like off the bat. I bat flip and everything. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was I was ready for it. Yeah. Nice. For sure. But yeah, it it was a great time. We played for a couple hours. Um definitely hope we we do a, a couple more. Uh we got a field like right next to our office. So it, it really works out well. Nice. Yeah. But uh this is a podcast about bullpen. It's not about me hitting home runs <laughs> with a bunch of uh computer nerds and stuff. So uh we'll hop right into it. As always, we'll start off by going through the injuries and transactions from around the league. We'll go through the closers that are rising and falling on Rick's ranks and then we'll go through some undervalued relievers and look at some storylines from around the league as we head into the what I would consider the dog days of summer right now in August. And we'll wrap up with another game of who's that closer, but we'll start off with those injuries and transactions. There were not a lot. They are very minor, but it's always worth talking about. We'll start off with the injuries. Dory Moretta of the pirates was placed on the 15 day IL with lower back soreness. He was one of the top setup options for the pirates throughout the year. They do have Colin Holderman back, but who Mm -hmm. do you think gets the most influx positively uh, of saves with, or holds with Moretta out. Um, so a, a name there that's really been intriguing me lately. Um, he hasn't gotten because a ton it's of difficult holes. to say. No, it's not Carmen. <laughs> last name, uh, but yeah. yes, he 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 is interesting too. He's he's a you know one of their better prospects, and so isn't Colin Selby. They have some interesting arms here, but uh, 
Angel Perdoma has been really good as well. Um, pretty much, I mean, they have Ryan Barecki also in that bullpen and Jose Hernandez, but I feel like Perdoma is the best lefty they have, you know, to get strikeouts and to, to really get, you know, high leverage outs at the end of games. Um, 38.2% walk, uh, strikeout rate so far in the yeah. season. So there, there's some big time swing and miss stuff there. It's a, it's a good find for them. Um, I don't know. Again, tolls is kind of tricky when it's, you know, it's Holderman. We know he's going to be in the mix, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> outside of him, it's, yeah, it's the, the young guys in Wodzinski, Selby, Perdomo. And I apologize if I, I don't, if I pronounce that name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that That's a hard one. I'm not even yeah. sure baseball references got that one. I mean, <laughs> continents right next to each other are always difficult. And, and this guy's got like three of them. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Can't really blame him though. Right? He didn't choose his last name, but. Yeah, I, I think that's a good call in Perdomo. He's definitely been striking out a lot of guys, and it doesn't come at the uh, consequence of walking a lot of guys. 8% mm-hmm. walk rate, that's that's pretty solid. So that's definitely a guy to watch. Probably not a ton of holds. The Pirates aren't winning a lot of games, but he does have four right now. He's probably one of the most seasoned guys in that bullpen. Like you said, a bunch of young guys there. Um, but I think this does really solidify Holderman as like a, an elite holds option there. He's been very solid all year long and without Moretta stealing opportunities against right-handed heavy innings. I think that gives him even more opportunities to be the top holds guy, to be the top uh, vulture saves guy as well. And since coming back from injury, he's been really good too. So the, the Pirates bullpen is looking like it's got some potential. And, and even without Moretta, I think they'll be able to hold on. Yeah, I, I think... You know, for what it's worth, yeah, Moretta probably will return this year. To, not definite, but um, yeah, I think for now it's. I, I think the Pirates are going to just kind of want to see what they have in the younger guys, but Holderman will still have a have a setup role for sure. Yeah, and we also saw Trevor Richards of the Blue Jays land on the 15 day IL with neck inflammation. He's been an interesting guy this year in that he's sort of had a breakout in in some aspects. He's striking out a lot more batters than he ever has. He had that one big game where he like started for three innings and then he went off. Um, but he, he's been really underrated. He's not been a big holds guy, only eight, but he's got a sub three ERA striking out 37% of batters. That's really good for his standards. His career high prior to this was 31 and 31% in 2021. And uh, he, he's been mostly a, a middle of the pack reliever he was a starter when he first came up but it's been a really interesting season from him and so now the blue jays are without him in a, in a bullpen that i wouldn't say is super deep um i i i don't know like who's taking over the role that he had because his role was mm-hmm. was sort of unique in that he was like a bulk reliever but also a guy that would go one inning and he had a ton of strikeouts having a great season was a guy that you could rely on in many different roles and i don't know if they have somebody that can fill that directly yeah, I I mean it's Jay Jackson's been really good for them lately, yeah. but I don't I'm not exactly sure. We've kind of seen spurts from him in the past, and then you know the wheels fall off a little bit. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure how long this will last. But for now, he seems to be kind of that that bridge, you know, early early inning, you know, fireman type option for them. Um, th- I mean they have their bullpen once they get Romano back probably early this week. It, it's going to be. You know, they're, they're, we're going to be really deep with Romano, Swanson, Hicks. You know, Yimmy Garcia has been pitching better in the second half. Uh, Tim Mays has been awesome. So they have some options. Um, but I, I think Jackson might be a sneaky one outside of that, that, you know, four, a group of four right now. So outside of that, I mean, they called up, uh, Hagen Donner. Uh, if I'm, again, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that, that right, but I know he's kind of an interesting arm from AAA. Um, as well as, you know, Bowden Francis there, but. Um. Yeah, you're you're right on uh, Richards. He was not getting a lot of holds, but he has been a great. You know, he's still been a great fantasy asset just because of the the ratios and strikeout mm-hmm. rate. Yeah, and you mentioned Jay Jackson, and he he's going crazy. He's yeah. only tossed 19 innings, but the guy's got a 0.47 ERA and a 0.68 WHIP to go with a 21.4 percent strikeout to walk ratio. Uh, or strikeout minus walk percentage. Those are very, very elite numbers. Obviously, a sub 0.5 ERA is not going to hold up. The 3.76 FIP sort of uh, XFIP sort of suggests that. But this guy's definitely been doing well. And with the little amount of season left, it's not guaranteed that he's going to regress negatively Mm -hmm. towards that XFIP. Yeah, I mean, I could could see that. He's kind of come in and taken over. 
I mean, he's kind of, you know, Nate Pearson was kind of a disappointment. He was looking like he was turning a corner as a reliever and then had some, you know, command issues. But now, yeah, Jackson's been a, you know, a breath of fresh air for them. And it looks like he, you know, his slider has been really, it's been really good. And that's kind of been his pitch for his career. So hopefully he keeps, uh, keeps on getting outs with that thing. He's an interesting character. He debuted in 2015, didn't make it back to the majors until 2019, then not again until 2021. Now in 2023, he's 35 years old and having the best season of his career. Jesse Chavez-esque, but Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if he's going to keep that going, but definitely an interesting storyline there with Jay Jackson, maybe a guy to stream while he's going hot and then uh, we've let go of him before the wheels fall off, but definitely an interesting option that might have more opportunities with Trevor Richards on the IL. But now we can move to the transactions sort of minor, but we do have a a big one in Jonathan Loisaga of the Yankees being activated from the 60 day IL. He had not pitched this whole season and now he'll enter a bullpen that I wouldn't say really needs him. They have a a pretty deep bullpen that's been solid all year, but they did drop Ron Marinaccio Mm. to the minors earlier in the month and Loisaga that sort of opened a spot for Loisaga to come in and do what he's been doing the past couple of years. He broke out. Was that 2021 that he broke out? He maybe might have been even earlier than that. 2021, he had a 2.170 array. I think that was, that was like his full breakout. And then last year he was, he was pretty unlucky an ERA over four. Um, but he comes back now. Uh, I'm trying to pull up what his injury was, but go ahead and what's your opinion on, on Louise again, what his role might be in this Yankees bullpen? Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely lengthens that bullpen out and that's become the strength, you know, now with the news of, you know, Var, uh, Nestor Cortez being out for probably the rest of the year. Uh, you got Severino, who's just not been Luis Severino this year. Um, Rodon on the IL, they're, they're starting rotations hurting. So they're going to need, you know, nights like tonight where you have Ian Hamilton giving you two innings to start, then Asco is coming in and Eliza going to pitch tonight. Um, so they're going to really rely on their bullpen. And even though it's really deep already, there's still going to be value to be had with, with you know, in holds leagues with Luizaga, Canely, uh, maybe even Keenan Milton starts getting some holds. He's pitched really well for them so far. And, you know, I, I think Luizaga looks to be ba- He hadn't pitched since April 4th or something, some mm. way early in April. And his stuff looks pretty much on par with what we've expected from him. So, it's good to see him healthy and, you know, hopefully getting some holds for that Yankees team. Yeah, it looks like he's still maintained his velocity, still throwing 98, which is good to see. Um, where do you think he can land in that that pecking order right now? Like, how far do you think he can rise? I know they're probably going to take it easy on him. Uh, the injury he had was bone spurs in his right elbow. Mm. Uh, probably had surgery to take care of that. But how, how high do you think he can climb? Can he, like, overtake... Conley in the in the pecking order can he be that top setup guy to Holmes I know he's been in the past um, but where do you see him climbing in terms of ceiling I, I think he can be in the mix for you know probably like a seventh inning role uh, where they're allowed to use Michael King more so like mm-hmm. they've used him in the past you know coming in the fifth or sixth inning to kind of salvage and you know hold the hold deeds or you know keep the game you know at that whatever the spot is there. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think, you know, between Canely and Luizaga, I think that's your seventh, eighth inning options with, you know, Wandy Peralta mixing in occasionally uh, and Keenan Middleton as well. It, it's really a good, a deep bullpen. And yeah, there's going to, like I said, they're going to have to rely on it to, uh, to make a run here because yeah. the, the rotation has taken some, some, some hits lately. Yeah. So ba- basically, uh, if Loisaga does get back to what he used to be, then it allows Michael King to be more flexible yeah. in terms of going multiple innings being pitched earlier in the game as like a high leverage guy. Um, but yeah, that, that's uh, Jonathan Loisaga returning from the 60-day IL. And our last transaction was Brent Honeywell, who used to be a Padre, but he was claimed off waivers by the White Sox after he was DFA'd by San Diego. So he lands in a bullpen that... Rick used to like. Um, <laughs> now I don't know if anybody likes. So this is a guy that I think with the prospect pedigree that he used to have with the way that he's pitched this year and with the shallowness of that bullpen in Chicago, he could rise pretty quickly up those holds ranks. He's already got a hold for them. Yeah. I nice. mean, uh, Brian, I, I don't, you know, this don't disparage this bullpen. Brian Shaw has been pitching really well for them. Okay. Right. <laughs> but, um, 
I, I do. I mean, I don't know if I like, but like I see the White Sox are ch- just taking, you know, taking everyone off waivers that had some sort of interesting prospect, you know, mm-hmm. pedigree when it comes to Honeywell or um, Davey Garcia recently. Uh, so, yeah, take a sh- it's, it's worth taking a shot if, if you're the White Sox. And yeah, it's easy to see looking at their depth chart. You, you can mm-hmm. easily see him rising up to a setup role, um, you know, working in front of Gregory Santos. Yeah, I mean, Honeywell doesn't have, like, overwhelming stuff. He's only got a 20% strikeout rate, but his ERA is technically under 4, 3.99. But the three guys ahead of him on the roster resource depth depth chart are Aaron Bummer, 6.37 ERA, Jimmy Lambert, 5.93 ERA, and the best of the bunch, Brian (laughs) Shaw, 5.28 ERA. So I I wouldn't say there's stiff competition there. Bummer does have the history of being a better reliever. He does have the highest strikeout rate in that bullpen among guys that have pitched more than five innings. So maybe that'll be his main competition and Bummer, but that that would allow the like platoon holds option guys there with Brent Honeywell and Bummer. So I think Honeywell could definitely be one of the top holds options. I don't know how many games the White Sox are going to be winning in mm-hmm. the, the second half, especially with uh, Tim Anderson on the suspended list. Um, that was pretty crazy, but oh, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was wild. <laughs> um, but yeah, Brent Honeywell definitely is going to be a guy that will be guarding holds opportunities in Chicago. So if you're in a deep holds league or you're super desperate for holds in shallower leagues, that's a guy to at least put on your watch list because if he continues to have moderate success, he'll still be one of the best relievers in that bullpen. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, he's as far as upside goes, it's the one name that kind of sticks out is oh, that, yeah. that could be something there, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that'll cover the injuries and transactions from the past week plus. So now we can move to Rick's closer rankings uh, called closing time. You can go check that out on pitcherlist.com. He releases it every single week. It's great to keep you up on how well closers are doing and who you should favor over other closers and how you should feel about your closers. But we'll start with the guys that are rising up Rick's ranks. Rick, who's somebody notable that's rising up your ranks across the past week? Uh, I'll start with, we'll start with Will Smith. It's and not even necessarily, you know, metric related. It's just the fact that he is back to being, you know, we, when Chapman moved to, to Texas, we kind of had a fear that he would take over the role and then he's got a save and then came in for a save opportunity. So we're like, all right, yeah, maybe Will Smith is going to lose this role after all. But, uh, since Chapman's last save, Will Smith has six saves so he seems pretty firm, you know, in that in that closer role, at least for the time being. Um, you know, over his last 10, 10 and two thirds innings, he has a 0.75 whip and a twenty point five percent K to walk rate, which isn't you know great. It's not like you know amazing, but it's 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 fine. We'll take that um, three point three four Sierra over that time. So. He's he's been pitching well, not you know nothing crazy, nothing to, you know write home about, but he he has the job as the Rangers closer, and obviously they're a really good team, even with all the injuries they're dealing with right now. They're still I'm sure they're still going to find save chances for him to uh to close out games for. Yeah, totally makes sense. Um, definitely had the same feelings about Chapman possibly taking over that role. He's been much better than Chapman or than Will Smith in this year, yeah. uh, in basically every category. He is older than than Smith is, and I think allowing your your best reliever to be that high leverage guy and still having a, a competent option as the closer is super valuable. And Bochi has a lot of faith in Will Smith too, so I think he's going to keep rolling with him through the end of the year, especially as long as he keeps up this great pitching that he's done across the past couple of weeks or so. So definitely some more confidence in Will Smith in Texas. I'll take the next one and I'll go with my boy, Pete Fairbanks, who's finally healthy for an extended period of time. He's been really good all year, but he's he's turned it up recently since returning from the IL in mid-June. He's got a 38.5% strikeout rate to go with a 34.7% CSW sub- 0.9 whip, a 2.63 XFIP and Sierra and his stuff plus is off the charts as well. He's looking like the Pete Fairbanks that was a monster in the second half last year. And this is sort of what we were hoping to be extended across the whole season and injuries sort of interfered with that. It, the, what really sucks though is that 
he's been great this year, but if he was healthy all year, he would have been so good because he's been just the closer all year long, which mm-hmm. is unheard of in Tampa Bay across the last five plus years or so. So he's not only still entrenched in that classic closer role, the traditional closer role of only pitching in the ninth inning when a save arises, but also he's getting those strikeouts back. His his stuff is back up there. There was some reduced fastball velocity at the beginning of the year uh, that had us a little bit worried, but Pete Fairbanks is the closer in Tampa Bay. That's one of the best teams in baseball, and he's pitching like Pete Fairbanks did in the second half of last year when he was the no doubt best reliever in baseball across the final two months. So I'm super pumped to see him doing that, and I, I have a lot of faith that as long as he can stay healthy, he's going to be one of the best options you can have as a closer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a shame Callen's not here because I know you guys are the the big Fairbanks mm-hmm. boys, so... Um, it, it's, it's kind of sneaky. It's sneak snuck up on me a little bit because I, I know he yeah, had been pitching better lately, but it, it's been spread out. I mean, it's since mid June, he's only thrown 15 and a third innings. Um, kind of they're, they're, they're being, you know, careful with them, which is smart. And it's showed because, you know, his K rate being up to 38.6% over that span is huge. That's, that's where he should be. That's where he's mm-hmm. usually at when he's right. So, uh, it's great to see that from him. Hopefully, and hopefully he can you know stay healthy and continue that. But like you said, it, it's a shame he wasn't healthy before that because the Rays have kind of been in a little bit of a slump since since he came back. So the save chances haven't t- really been there that much. But before that, he would have been racking up saves, and yeah, yeah he would have been. We've been talking about him as one of the you know top closers in baseball right now, potentially. So close, so close. Mm, yeah. uh, maybe next year. Just but, one uh, healthy year. Yeah. Who who else is rising up your ranks? Uh, so another guy that's kind of, you know, I definitely sleep on and, you know, Kyle Finnegan is, he really, you know, I wrote him off after his, you know, atrocious start to the season, but he's been a lot better uh, as of late, you know, his heading into May 6th, his ERA was at 6.75 with a whip of 1.9. Um, and then since that, you know, since May 6th, he's got an ERA of 1.23 whip of 0.82. Uh, you know, respectable 22.4% K to walk rate. He, he doesn't strike out a ton of guys, but he doesn't walk a ton of guys. Um, he does get some, you know, he gets some luck, but he, he's been reliable for that, that team. He's been the most reliable reliever for that team since May. And even when Harvey was healthy, the numbers weren't so different between the two. And so when Harvey, you know, he, he's starting to throw again, he, he's, you know, working his way back to a, um, P. Fairbanks is struggling right now. Sorry, I'm watching this. No. He just loaded the bases with no outs. Um, <laughs> as we just talked about him, it's a jinx. It's it's just typical. Yeah, we gotta but, stop talking about him. <laughs> I know. Uh, that, anytime we talk about him, bad things happen. So yeah, mm-hmm. let's just ignore him on the show. Um, but That's back cool. to <laughs> back to Finnegan. Yeah, I, I think even when Harvey comes back, I, I could see him keeping the closer role and you know whatever that is with the Nationals. It might only be five or six more saves the rest of the way, but that's still something. And I think he's pretty, he's just, he's been reliable. So I think he earns, he's earned some trust and, you know, should start being rostered again. And in most leagues in 12 team save only leagues, I think he's, he's roster worthy again. If he wasn't already. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought he was done for after the beginning of the year and was just waiting for him to be replaced. But yeah, you, you mentioned, uh, Great numbers, sub two ERA since uh, early May. So it's uh it's been a long time that he's been having a lot of success. And I think even if Hunter Harvey returns, I think he just holds on to that closer role throughout the rest of the year, just because he's been so solid. And while the Nationals won't win a lot of games, you can still get saves on bad teams because when they do win, they don't win by much. So Kyle Finnegan already at eighteen saves. He's not even been the closer all year. Hunter Harvey has nine, so that that's a pretty decent amount. Like twenty mm-hmm. plus saves in a full season in in this era is not nothing to scoff at. So I, I think Kyle Finnegan definitely a solid option, not an elite option, but definitely a guy that you can trust through the end of the year. Uh, do you have any other honorable mentions? Yeah, so I know I had four. I have four for both this week, and I, I had a hard time. But I think, Cheating. yeah, I know Giovanni Gallegos has been pitching really well lately, and there's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because Helsley is starting to work his way back. He's, I believe, he started his rehab assignment already. So yeah, he has. So, um, but Gallegos since the start of July has been great. You know, twenty seven point six percent K to walk rate, seventeen point five percent swinging strike rate. Uh, whip under 0.8 uh 
uh, 2.57 Sierra. That's over 15 and a third innings pitch. So decent sample size. Um, he's been great. You know, I, I do wonder, it's like, it seems like whenever he gets a chance to kind of be the closer, it's when things start to, to kind of go off the rails a little bit for him. But I, I wonder if he's best suited as, as a whole, as a holds option or a high leverage, you know, seventh, eighth inning guy. Um, but th- there's, you know, Helsley, when, even when Helsley comes back, I can't, you know, I, I don't think he's gonna, even when Helsley was healthy, he wasn't getting every save opportunity, right? They're, they're, they're trying to protect him, trying to keep him healthy throughout the whole year. So, um, they'll probably be very, very cautious with Helsley. So I still think Gallegos could have some value throughout the rest of the year as a, you know, possible one save, possibly two saves a week guy uh, totally. who, helps ra- who helps ratios and gives you a nice boost in strikeouts. Definitely. Yeah. Because even when Helsley was healthy early, oh, that's, that's a tongue twister yeah, um, earlier this year, he was splitting saves with Gallegos basically the whole way. He had uh, seven saves. Uh, I think Gallegos was just about the same before Helsley hit the IL. And uh, then Jordan Hicks took over from there. But before Hicks took over, it was just Gallegos and Helsley basically splitting the whole year. And that was before Gallegos was pitching at the level he's pitching at now. And like you said, Helsley comes back from the IL. He's sort of a valuable arm they have in their bullpen that they've already taken it easy on in the past. Last year, they didn't go hard on him. They were they were sort of taking it easy this year, not let, allowing him to pitch multiple days in a row. And even if he did, they would give him a lot of time off afterwards. So Gallegos, I don't think his role changes too much while he won't be the 100% guy there. I think it'll take a while for Helsley to get back into the closing situation there. And then once he does, it's not going to be 100% either way. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be 50-50 or 60-40. And uh, I think that gives Gallegos the ability to still be a guy that's worth holding in most save leagues and definitely all save plus holds leagues. Yeah, for sure. I, I like it. Like you said, they're going to definitely limit and, you know, be cautious with Helsley. So yeah, Gallegos still is. Don't just think when Helsley comes back, it's time to drop Gallegos. So I would definitely, mm-hmm. you know, at least wait a week or two and see how things play out there. Yeah. Well, those are the guys Climbing up the ranks this week on the closer chart. Uh, when we get back from this quick break, we're going to talk about the guys falling down the ranks here on In the Pen. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? And you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com or underdogfantasy in the app store. Sign up with promo code PITCHERLIST and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 year older, 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1 800 Next Step. In New York, call 1 877 8 Hope NY. In Tennessee, call 1 800 889 9789. And we're back. Jake Crumpler here with Rick Graham. We're talking about relievers, as always, talking about now some guys that are falling down Rick's closer ranks. Uh, I'll let you start again. Who's who's falling down your ranks this week? Uh, so I think the big one, well, there's a couple, two at the top kind of stuck out to me, but Alex Lang, um, that's kind of, it's really getting concerning with how, how poorly his command has been lately. Mm-hmm. And it's not even just like, it's not really just even a recent thing. I mean, he has nine walks over the it's past been a two. a long time. <laughs> nine walks over the past two and the third innings this month. Uh, that's obviously, you can't, there's just no way to survive that type of ratio. But even, you know, entering, so he was great up until, you know, entering June 4th, the game against the White Sox, he had an ERA of 1.11 and whip of 9, 0.9 on the season. Mm-hmm. And I called Evan, him one, and I called yeah. him the best closer in that division. Yeah, yep, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, he was having an all-star breakout type season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, since that game, and this is over 20.2 innings pitched, he has a 7.4 ERA, 2.03 whip, and a negative a negative 0.9 K to walk rate wow. because he has his walk rate 
over the last 20.2 innings is 24.3%. That's a this mm-hmm. walk rate. That's not a strikeout rate. That's a walk that's, rate. That's like Ted I Williams mean, to Barry Bonds. <laughs> right? I, he's just, I mean, it's, 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 it's hor- It's like, it's obviously horrible and it's, it's, it's tough to see because there's really, I mean, I like him a lot. I, I, I like the stuff there. His changeup and curveball are both plus pitches with, you know, a, a 50 plus percent whiff rates. Um, it's just the sinker. I mean, the fastball sinker isn't great. Can't command it. And then it's, it's just the, obviously the walk race. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't live uh, with a 24.3% walk rate. I don't care who you no. are. That's just not sustainable. So, um, it's, it's a, for the rest of the season, it's tough to say where, what to do, you know, if you, if you're rostering yeah, him right now. Yeah, he's still getting the save, the save I, He's still mixing in for saved. Yeah. It's still like a, it's now turned into a committee. Um, or he's still, yeah, he's still seeing some chances. So it's, and it's tough to say drop him because if he does, like, what if, if the command does come back and he's, he can, you know, we know what he can do if he's not walking people. So, mm-hmm. um, he's definitely moving down the list. Uh, he might not be on the list next week. I'm not even, I'm not sure. Um, you know, it depends on, it, it's tough to say who the closer is at the, at this point for the Tigers, but obviously Lang has been disappointing the last month or two. Yeah, I mean, that's almost two and a half months of struggles right there with one more walk than strikeouts. That's, that's pretty awful. And while he did hold on to the closer role for a while, it's, it's not there anymore. And, and yeah, it's, it's hard to trust somebody like that, especially when you're on a team like the Tigers that aren't giving you many save opportunities anyway and you're blowing them all. Um, it's, it's really hard to hold at, at this point. In, given that, who, who most excites you in this bullpen? I really like Jason Foley. He's been the, the most, used guy in that bullpen i think he's the the most seasoned there too he's got a really good ground ball rate uh sort of, i don't want to put this on him but sort of clay holmes-esque in that he's mm-hmm. pretty underrated he gets a ton of ground balls and doesn't have a huge strikeout rate but he, he he gets the job done but there are some other interesting names there i know it's jose cisnero got a save tyler holton has a sub two era and bo brieski out of nowhere 13 innings got a yeah. 2.08 era and he just got a save yesterday he's climbing up their ranks who interests you the most there Right, it's actually crazy how sneaky good this bullpen might be. We were talking about how terrible it was yeah. in the preseason. We were like, "There's Alex Lang is going to run away with this job." There's absolutely nobody there that I'm interested in. And now look at them. Look at the look at the ERA. Just looking at the ERAs, there's a uh-huh. lot of sub three guys here. Yeah. Even Cisneros three point eight nine, Lang mm-hmm. four four point zero, and yeah, Lang's only a, an ERA of four. So. Uh, they just got Will Vest back as well. He he's kind of an interesting an interesting arm for them. So yeah, they have options, and that's what makes this. It's just kind of a headache to think about who the logical choice if they're gonna completely remove Lang would be to go to Foley. But um, I don't, I don't know. I know he's been out on the bereavement list, so that's led to chances for Cisnero and Brisky. But um. Yeah, I mean, Brisky's interesting. He throws 97 miles per hour, but he doesn't have a huge strikeout rate, but the ERA is good. So it's, it's, it's like uh, maybe if we see a little bit more out of him, he, he's kind of been limited this year in, in the, at the major league level. So, um, there's some names here. I, there's definitely, you know, Cisneros, a guy I'll talk about later. He's been pitching really well lately and he's kind of the veteran of the group. So I think he might be the favorite. For saves, but I, I don't really know what AJ Hinch is thinking or what, yeah, what his, you know, he, he typically isn't a guy who likes a committee approach. So mm-hmm. you would think he would just, you know, move on to someone else and go with that. So, uh, but it, it's been, you know, hard to, hard to pick or hard to see who that guy might be lately. Yeah, it sort of looks like they're in like that transition phase where they're sort of giving everybody the opportunity to like, test out in the closer role and then it's sort of like they're in the audition phase right now uh or it's like lang is clearly like on his way out and they're like all right who who wants this job Let, let's see what everybody can do in the ninth but yeah jose snaro's a good call because i think he's probably the uh, he's not he's the least shiny name in this bullpen i, I would say yeah. like he's not a name you look at and you're like ooh, but uh he does have the highest strikeout rate in the bullpen he does like you said have the most experience being a reliever and uh, he already does have a save in the past week. So that's a guy to keep an eye on. But yeah, I think Foley, uh, Cisnero, Will Vest, lots of options there. But this is definitely a bullpen to keep an eye on because the Tigers, while they aren't a playoff team, they're not terrible. And uh, I mean, I think sort of comparatively, but they haven't been awful this year. So I think there's definitely some guys there that 
are worth it to put on your watch list um, down the stretch. Uh, another guy that is falling down the ranks is Carlos Estevez, who you sort of called a little bit ago, but uh, yeah, he he had some blowups re- recently, which which is not going well for the the Angels, which <laughs> we sort of mentioned a little bit before Nothing's the podcast well. about yeah. <laughs> yeah, things are not going well there. I'm t- told them should have traded Shohei, uh, but uh, this will be an interesting offseason. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But I mean, uh, I'm reading off Rick's notes here, but going back to July 4th, Carlos Estevez has the worst XFIP and WHIP among 196 qualified relievers. That XFIP is 6.7, and the WHIP is 2.11, and that comes with a 4.5 percent strikeout minus walk percentage that's terrible and since the all-star break he's allowed 16 runs 11 of which were earned so really not going well for Carlos Estevez and this isn't like something that's out of nowhere he was always outperforming his underlying metrics uh, Mm -hmm. basically the whole first half and this is somebody that Rick pointed out as somebody that he thought might lose the closer role or at least have a struggle in the second half and that does seem to be coming true right now which is unfortunate especially given the timing but uh how are you feeling about carlos estevez and who would be the guy that you would want to take over that closer role and who do you think would take over that closer role yeah i'm not feeling not feeling great he he was able to come back and get a save uh in his most recent outing so that's a little bit of a positive uh that they're still you know trusting him and he was able to, to actually get the save so they're not he's not out of the role yet, but you have to imagine one more blown save um, would be, you know, ice. That'd be it. That's, that's gotta be it for him because there's options there. Reynaldo Lopez would be my top option, but it's tough to, sh- I mean, Matt Moore has been pitching really, really well. It, it's, it's frustrating to see us. I mean, for a team that's like, you know, I think when I wrote clo- at closing time earlier this week, uh, the angels had a 1.3% chance to make the playoffs according to fan graphs, 1.3% chance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Not, you, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you're still you're at the point now where you're still going for it. There's no turning. You don't back have a now. choice anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like they cross that bridge, you can't go back now. So you have to. It's it's mind boggling that they keep rolling him out there in the ninth inning when you know Matt Moore's been great. Uh, Reynaldo Lopez has been absolutely you know fantastic since they picked mm-hmm. him up. So I don't know why they keep trusting him. They have to make. You know they can't wait on these decisions, right? But they have to have some sort of urgency to to change things up. So, I I would imagine one more bad outing would get him out of that role, um, and then they can you know turn to Reynaldo Lopez, Matt Moore, and Chris Davinsky will be back soon too, who had mm-hmm. been pitching well before he was hurt. Yeah, de- definitely. Uh, yeah. G- great call there. Go ahead. I I still think I still kind I I think Estevez I think he's he's on a one year deal so he probably will be somewhere else next year I think if he gets with the right team the right organization I still think there's oh, something yeah. there yeah there's definitely there's definitely skills he showed there. it in the first half yeah he, yeah he, he, that, he was looking great I think you know in in general I actually think this is a really fun reliever class there's some really interesting names that are going to be available that I think could get closing roles and be very you know, good values when it comes to drafts next year. We'll talk about that, you know, later on, but um, yeah, but um, yeah, Estevez is one of them that I just, you know, get him in the right organization. And uh, I, I think there's still some stuff there. It's just the angels are just cursed. It's just, you know, Unfortunate. it's something going on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the last guy we've got falling down the ranks is Adam Adovino in New York and Queens. He has not been great since taking over the closer role full time, even since before that. It, it's not really full time. He's sort of splitting opportunities there in sort of a, a platoon closer role with Brooks Raley. But with David Robertson gone, he became the top right handed option in New York. And it's not been going swimmingly to say the least. He's got a, a, K rate is under 10%. His whip is over 1.4 and his XFIP is over 5.3. And he's got no saves since the all-star break even. So you can't even really consider it a uh, closer platoon there because he's not getting any saves. Phil Bickford has more saves for, for mm. the Mets than, uh, than Adam Onovino since the all-star break. Um, that's unfortunate, but do you think there's going to be any change in the role there? I don't. I, I don't know because it's the Mets. I mean, I know, I think we mentioned it too last week how uh, Buck Walter mentioned they wanted to get some young guys some chances. And yeah, like you said, Bickford got a chance. I'm sure Drew Smith will get a chance. It's just a messy situation. And yeah, Ottavino hasn't been great lately. I, 
if you're the Mets, you might as well see. I the, the thing is, if if Ottavino and he talks about how he wants to you know come back next year and be a part of the team, you know, moving forward. So I guess they they're going to have him in some role. It's just what um you know if they really tr- trust him as in saves or not. And I, at this point, I don't think anyone in the Mets is really worth rostering. Um. Maybe Brooks Raley, I feel safe enough that he's not going to at least ruin you know my ratios, and he's going to add some strikeouts here and there, and might get a save once a week. But I don't think there's anyone to really rely on at this point. It's not really close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very fair. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions for the followers this week? Yeah, <laughs> uh, Carlos Hernandez, I think is interesting because it doesn't look like he's going to. He's not going to be the full-time, you know, the only closer in uh, Kansas City now with Scott Barlow out. They've kind of been mixing and matching things. And I I know Hernandez, I mean, he had the one bad outing against Boston, the walk-off Grand Slam. But I I just, I feel like he should still be the only, they should give him a chance to kind of run with that closer role, I feel like. Because I I know there's some kind of interesting names in in that bullpen. Uh, Austin Cox kind of has some you know, swing and miss appeal and Dylan Coleman's back. But um, I, I still, I want to see Hernandez be the closer and just, you know, see, see what, what he can do in that role. And I would think the, the Royals would too. He's got, you know, he's not a free agent until 2028. So you, you have some time to kind of, if, if he's your closer for the future and that future being, you know, 20, th- 24 through 27 for them should be where they're expecting to kind of turn things around. They have some young pieces already. So, uh, Hernandez could be a big part of that, but it's it's weird seeing how he's kind of been used since the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got the most interesting stuff in that bullpen. Uh, just fireball, yeah. fastball. He's got the highest strikeout rate there as well. And while he has been pretty unlucky this year, it's not like he's been terrible. 4.20 ERA, but it comes with a, a 3.68 XFIP, a 3.32 FIP. I think he's been getting pretty unlucky on home runs, but he is like a fly ball pitcher. 30% ground yeah. ball rate is really not going to cut it. So that's that's sort of hard to trust in a closer role. Just a guy that gives up a bunch of fly balls because that's really how you blow games. But he doesn't put a lot of guys on base. And I, I also would like to see him be the closer. But it's, it's sort of hard to see where they're going to go right now. But like you said, nobody too interesting in that bullpen. I don't know if Austin Cox is in, interesting, uh, <laughs> if his name is interesting or if it's just funny. But um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Carlos <laughs> Carlos Hernandez is definitely a guy that I've been uh, having my eye on since the very beginning of the year. So definitely sort of sucks that it seems like just one bad outing is mm-hmm. taking him out of that closer role. Um, but actually, before we move on, you, you didn't mention this guy, and I don't expect him to be falling down the ranks, but Felix Bautista has had a pretty interesting yeah. week. Yeah, I know. It's... Um I thought about it. I, I I think maybe not falling down the ranks, but is he still the? I have him kind of in his own tier right now. Um, does he more normal? Is is does this week prove that he's a little bit more normal? Maybe he had one. He had the one bad outing, but I think you know his command will come and go at times. But there's still. I mean, the forty eight percent forty eight percent K rate is just so. Yeah, play. There's no one on no one else in the league that's close to that right for the whole season. So uh, I'm not too concerned yet, I, but there is, you know, his longevity, his ability to work deep into a season is kind of interesting considering his career. You know, he has dealt with injuries and hasn't pitched a ton at the pro level. Um, so once he starts getting past that 60 inning mark, it will be interesting to see how he holds up. Yeah. And I, I was, uh, I tuned into that Astros game uh, while I was on vacation, like that just was, for that Kyle Tucker at bat, that was a great at bat. I mean, and it, I was just like, yeah. he's on my uh, Tucker's on my brother's fantasy team, and uh, he was just like, oh come on, like hit a hit a grand slam here, and I was like, that would be crazy. And then just to like go nine pitches and and take like the best closer in baseball deep like that. I mean, mm-hmm. that just basically shot uh, Batista's Cy Young candidacy just r- right out of right out of a cannon there in that one at bat, which is unfortunate. But uh, he still got a case, but that definitely. Uh, yeah. Took him down a couple pegs, but yeah, that was a that was a crazy at bat. Yeah, you have to be like near near, not even near perfect. You have to be perfect mm-hmm. to to win mm-hmm. the Cy Young as a reliever nowadays. So yeah, that yeah. I mean, if Zach Britton's not going to win, it, then nobody's right. going to win it. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, 
We're going to take another quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about a couple undervalued relievers that could make a big difference down the stretch here on In the Pen. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. And we're back. Jake Crumpler here with Rick Graham talking about relievers as always. Uh, I said always weird. That's fine. <laughs> Undervalued relievers who could make a big difference down the stretch. We've got a few names uh, sort of running out of time, but that's all right. We got 15 minutes or so to uh, cover these guys. I have one name. Rick's got three, but I, I think I think we can handle it. We talked about two of them a little bit already. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got a little bit of them covered already, Already, but who do you have as a guy that's undervalued right now that could actually be a big difference maker in fantasy down the stretch in either holds or save leagues? Yeah. So we, the two we talked about one, one being Reynaldo Lopez who, you know, has been, we, we got so excited for him, you know, opening day. And then, uh, it didn't really turn. It didn't really work out with the White Sox for him, but he has been great since the All Star break. Forty three percent K rate since the All Star break. That's right. That's a zero point eight nine WHIP and a one point eight four xFIP. Um, the stuff's really playing playing well right now, and in for the Angels for the time being at least. And you know, like we mentioned, if Estevez is really struggling, it's like. It should be only a matter of time before a switch is made, and even if it's not Lopez, and you know Matt Moore has been pitching great as well. So, but I, I really like what Lopez is doing. I think, you know, just because he's right-handed gives him a little bit of an edge. That's always kind of a thing. So, um, especially with the the lack of you know lefties in that bullpen outside of Moore, and it's just Aaron Loop, which you know, yeah, not really trustworthy. So, mm-hmm. I, I think Lopez could can move into a closing role, and you know. You could probably get him this weekend pretty cheap and or right now and you know some leagues and you know secure him for the rest of the season because like I said, the angels need to make changes fast if things aren't working, they have to happen you know they have to be pretty drastic with you know what they do moving forward. they can't wait uh to just see how things play out with you know Carlos Estevez. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is going to be keeping the walks down because that was sort of what allowed him to break out the past couple of years, keeping his walk rate below 6%. This year, it's yeah. doubled to over 12%. And while he's offset that a little bit with a big jump in strikeouts up up 6%, it's not been enough to keep him from from getting beat. And he, he was even good before landing with the Angels uh, uh, since like June, middle of June, his ERA was under two as well. So he, he's been... Finally figuring out his stuff, we, we made a, a big fuss about his jump in velocity. He had already had a jump in velocity last year that was about uh, one and a half miles per hour, and he's done another one and a half miles per hour this year with a different looking slider. And like I said, he's been unable to, unable to control that. So if, if he can keep those walks down while still maintaining these strikeouts, which he has so far, and Carlos Estevez continues to fall off, Lopez will not only be a huge holds guy, but I think he could start vulturing saves or become the full-time closer down the stretch for the Angels. Uh, I'll go with my one guy and I'll let you wrap up with your two. I went with uh, an interesting one in Tyler Kinley, who just made it back for the Rockies. Typically, I don't like Rockies relievers, but the Rockies bullpen, uh, not too great right now. They do still have Daniel Bard, so he's always waiting in the wings, but they've been trusting Justin Lawrence for a while now. And while he's been pretty solid, Tyler Kinley's actually been a guy who's been interesting in the past, most notably last year. 
in 2022. He tossed just 24 innings. I think he got injured, but he had a 0.75 ERA that came with a 27% strikeout rate, 21% strikeout minus walk rate, 1.13 whip. He was pitching really well. And while he was pretty lucky to have a sub one ERA, if you're having a sub one ERA in course, that's going to get a lot of eyes on you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think the Rockies like him. They didn't they extend him to this offseason while he was injured? Yeah, I think he's there for another two years potentially. Yeah. yeah Through twenty five, then he's got a twenty six yeah. club option. So they definitely have confidence in him. You can take that with a grain of salt as the Rockies front office. They'll extend basically anybody, cough cough Daniel Bard. But Tyler Kinley, definitely uh somebody that is interesting. He throws very hard to ninety six miles per hour and uh uh, this is a guy that I'll be keeping an eye on, not only because I think he could be the top holds option. I think he might already be the top holds option there. Um, not too many guys ahead of him. But Justin Lawrence, I, I don't think he's cemented in that role. Well, I think Justin Lawrence is great and is having uh, what I would consider an incredible season in Coors. A sub three ERA will definitely uh, get kudos from me. But I think Kinley could definitely take over that role if he gets back to doing what he was doing last season. Yeah, I I love this call. I kind of forgot about him a little bit until I you know noticed him. He came back, and then I you know instantly was like, oh, Tyler Kinley. It's been a while, but um, yeah, it's good to see him back, and he's pitching well so far. His his velocity is actually up from last year a little bit, which nice. is surprising to see. Uh, not a lot, but you know, up point eight miles per hour. So. You know, he's sitting at a 96.2 miles per hour, which would be the best of his career or at least best since 2018. So um, the slider is still he's got a really good slider, um, you know, with weight, with rates, always <laughs> over 40, always over 40 percent. I know it's tough to, to, to say that back to back. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I love uh, I love this call up because I do think he is the best or at least the most upside of in this bullpen right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. You know, I, I Lawrence has been great, but I, I think Kinley's better, um, more safer option, and I think a better a better overall closer candidate. I think Lawrence is better suited as a you know, given his kind of funky uh delivery and, you know, um his pitch mix, it, it seems like he's more of a, you know, specialist than a than a closer candidate. Sure. And he's he's held his own in, in the role and and whatnot, but I, I think Kinley, it would be fun to see Kinley kind of be the closer, you know, for the rest of the year and for next year. Cause I don't, unless they go out and, you know, spend some weird money on another pitcher. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they will spend still have money, Bard, but and they still got yeah. Bard under contract too. That which is, is true. Well, yeah. But <laughs> who, who else is uh, on your watch list as an undervalued reliever in the second half? So, you know, we talked about Jose Cisnero a little bit earlier, and it even surprised me because he's he's always kind of shown, not always, but there's times, you know, where he kind of has these sneaky, like, really good, you know, stretches where it's like, oh, maybe Jose Cisnero can be a reliable setup option we can trust. And then, you know, something goes and lets up five hard runs the next outing, and it's like, oh, no, I forgot. It's Jose Cisnero. Uh, but but let's. I think it's worth noting that since the All Star break, he, in ten innings pitched, he has a thirty seven point two percent K to walk rate, which is uh, or thirty seven point two percent strikeout rate. Sorry, not K to walk rate. That would be insane. Um, <laughs> but um, even still, it's it's a great. Not, I mean, that's a huge that's a huge strikeout totals, and it comes with a one point eight four Sierra. Um, the the one point one WHIP, which you know he's got a little batter ball, you know, a, a luck or unluck in that that's factored in, but he has been pitching well since the all-star break and that Tigers closer role is definitely up for grabs. It looks like. And as we mentioned before, he is the, he's the oldest, he's the veteran there and he's got the best strikeout numbers. So I could see AJ Hinch kind of trusting him uh, moving forward, but you know, like it's really hard to tell because Bo Brisky has got two saves over the past week and Cisnero just has the one. And Foley's been out and, you know, they still seem to trust Lang a little bit. So it's really anyone's guess who's going to be um, closing out games. But I think Cisnero is definitely, you know, deep leagues, 16 teamers where you want to take a shot on someone. Uh, I, I think there's worse, you know, worse guys to take a take a chance on than Cisnero. 
Yeah, well, if it's anybody's guess, I'll, I'll take your guess over most people's. So, uh, yeah. yeah, Jose Cisnero, definitely an interesting name. And we had just talked about the Tigers bullpen. So I'll let you go ahead and name your next guy. Yeah, so the other one, and I'm not sure, probably not a huge saves league guy, um, but in, in holds leagues, there's there's some intrigue here. And Jojo Romero for, for the Cardinals um, came over from the Phillies, I think, this offseason. Always kind of showed some interesting stuff from the left side, but he he's been pitching really well. They called him up uh, in early July, and he's been great since then. I mean, since the All Star break, thirteen point two innings pitched. He's got a thirty one point five percent K to walk rate, one point nine eight x FIP, eighteen percent swing and strike rate. Uh, he's getting you know tons of swings and misses, and it's not just from lefties. It's not just lefty on lefty crime. He's he's got a great changeup as well, so he's able to kind of it, it's. Seems like if there's gonna, he's the type of lefty that could factor into some save chances if if needed. He's not just a, not just kind of an Andrew Schaefer who only has a slider type lefty. So, um, Romero's an intriguing name, and I know Gallegos is there, and Helsley will be back soon. So he might not again save chances. You know, he's got I think he's got one or two over the past two weeks, but I, I don't think he's gonna get a ton of those yet. Uh, but still, still a name just to keep. Even if you're in deeper leagues, it's he's got you know good strikeout numbers and right now good ratios, so could still be helpful in in deeper save only leagues. And and he's a huge CSW guy. I think if he cut out his no. four seamer, he might have like one of the best CSWs in baseball. He's already 21st overall among relievers, but his sinker, uh-huh. 83rd percentile, 34% CSW, the changeup, 91st percentile, 35% uh-huh. CSW, and the slider, 97th percentile, nearly 42% CSW, and then the four-seamer, 17th percentile. So maybe he needs to cut that out of his arsenal, and uh, he, he can take another and even bigger step forward. But that definitely suggests that there's an even higher ceiling for him to attain just in terms of strikeout stuff, because he's not getting that through called strikes. It is he's getting his called strikes with the sinker, but the change up 93rd percentile swinging strike rate slider, 95th percentile swinging strike rate. That's huge. Those are, those are elite numbers right there. And while he's 26, like that's pretty young for a reliever. This is not, mm-hmm. and he's already been in, in baseball for a while. I think this is somebody that may have been written off, especially by me. He was written off uh, his first two years. He had ERAs of at least seven. So I was like, uh, this guy doesn't really have it. And last year's ERA was nearly five. Uh, but then he yeah. landed in, in St. Louis for the final 15 games of, of his season last year. And he had a 3.77 ERA. So I think they, they've really unlocked something with the uh, left-hander. And they don't really have a lot of lefties out there in St. Louis that they're super trustworthy of. They've got John King and Zach Thompson. And Thompson has his moments, but he's more of like a, a long reliever. And John King was just acquired in uh, a trade with the Rangers for, I think it was for Jordan Montgomery. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jojo Romero, definitely uh, an, an interesting name there. Yeah. And like you said, he's still young. Uh, he still has, you know, pretty, I think he's got three years left of team control. So he's going to be, you know, maybe, maybe becomes more of a, you know, a staple on the back end of their bullpen next year. Um, if, you know, Gallego, I think Gallegos is on his last year of his deal. So yeah, he, he could, he could be, if, you know, depending on Ryan Housley, we always, you know, he's got health issues that he hasn't been able to stay healthy for any, for a whole season before. So, you know, maybe in, Di- in dynasty leagues, Romero becomes even a, a more interesting target. Definitely. And, uh, I, we talked about the Mets bullpen a little bit earlier. Um, I, I tried to look through their bullpen and find somebody that like <laughs> interested me. Um, I, I took a look at Phil Bickford. He did get a save. He is on the younger end for relievers, but nothing super interesting there. Drew Smith's uh, pitcherless player page is not pretty. And uh, I, Trevor God is not somebody that I, I'm super interested in either. But is there anybody there that you think could sort of slide in there, sneak in there while Adam Montevino struggles? Yeah, I, I used to have like yeah, I used to have hope for Drew Smith, but it's not it it's not really I don't think there's enough there to to really get excited about. Kind of the same with Bickford. Um when he was with the Dodgers, he was definitely interesting for a while, but I don't I don't really see there being anything worth chasing. Um <laughs> 
Yeah, it's really, you know, I wonder, I would say Edwin Diaz, but he's, at this point, there's no way, oh, yeah. I know I know he's throwing. Uh, Why would they bring him back? <laughs> well, yeah, there's no, right, there's no way, right? There's no way he comes back this year, right? Yeah, it just so, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, for the rest of the year, if I had to take a chance on anyone here, I think it would be Bickford, just because he got that last save, and at least he's new, you know, maybe. Yeah, maybe we haven't they seen think much of him. Yeah, they may think the Mets might think more highly of them than um, sure. the Dodgers or any other team did. So, yeah, I, I think Bigford's kind of interesting, but yeah, it's a uh, it's really not. It's it's just kind of a sad looking bullpen right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are the guys that are undervalued in our eyes that could make a difference down the stretch to recap. Reynaldo Lopez could take over the closer role if Carlos Aceves continues to struggle. Jose Cisnero is one of the candidates to, to take over the closer role for the struggling Alex Lang. Jojo Romero, an interesting name, top left-handed option in St. Louis. Tyler Kinley, Coming back from an injury, has some great stuff in Colorado without much competition and without Amadevino struggling. Phil Bickford might be the top <laughs> option there, but don't get your hopes up. But that does leave us leave us just a little bit enough. That does leave us just enough time to play a quick game of who's that closer. I wouldn't say this one's too hard, but we'll just hop right into it. This closer played from 2009 to 2021. He's a right-handed pitcher. He debuted with Texas in August of 2009, and then he had his best year in his first full season in 2010. That year, he had a 2.73 ERA, a 0.88 whip, 71 strikeouts, and 40 saves. He had another 30-plus save season in 2011 and then was never a full-time closer ever again. He struggled with injuries for the next three years, barely pitching from 2012 through 2014, and then he pitched for Texas until he was traded at the 2015 deadline where he landed with Detroit and he was awful with them. 7.62 ERA there. This closer signed with the Pirates prior to 2016. He pitched one season there. Then he signed with the Brewers prior to 2017, but then was released mid-season and then landed with the Royals. He then missed the next three years with a combination of injuries and underperformance in the minors, so he didn't reappear. He didn't resurface until 2021, where he wrapped up his career with a short split season. I think it was like 10 innings or less. And that year, he pitched with both the Phillies and the Dodgers. His black ink is just one. He Finished 59 games in 2010 to lead the American League. And he was also, in terms of accolades, he was an all-star in 2010 and was the AL Rookie of the Year winner that year. And for his career, this closer had a 7.2 baseball reference war, a 3.55 ERA, a 1.14 whip, and 107 saves. Rick, who is that closer? Oh, man, this is a good one. It's it's uh, Neftali, Neftali Feliz, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's a... Uh, you got it. That's a good um man that fr- that rookie year and then just mm-hmm. downhill from there unfortunately with all the injuries and I played with him on MLB the show I didn't realize he was like a 100 miles per hour guy. Oh yeah, it, I mean he was I you know I, I remember he was he came up I don't know if he how many games he ever started but I know he was kind of flirted with being a starter at one point and then they transitioned him to the bullpen and yeah it's like all of a sudden he's just consistently 100 and I thought seventy-one strikeouts feels a little bit low. I thought he had. I thought he would have had more than that with his stuff back back in mm-hmm. the day. But um, yeah, it's still a great rookie year. And then I remember in two thousand seventeen, yeah, he was signed with the Brewers. I think he may have gotten a couple save chances. And I remember that was that might have been even my first year with pitcherless covering relievers. And I remember people talking about Neftali Feliz, like, where is he going to be on your like, mm-hmm. where where is he going to be ranked? And I'm like, dude. Dude hasn't like been relevant since 2010. Like, I, yeah, I, I understand the name, and the, he still had that. You know what I mean? He still had that like name recognition, even after just having that one really good year. It's it's or yeah, that I guess two good years, and um, yeah, yeah the the name always kind of stuck, even until like 2021, where it's still like Neftali Feliz, and we I think we all think back to 2010 when he had that outstanding rookie year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I mentioned before the podcast that this is a guy that not only was the rookie of the year, but then he made the world series that year in 2010 facing off against the national league rookie of the year in Buster Posey. Um, Uh Yeah, that, that was a part of the beginning of my uh, baseball memory. I I definitely remember a lot of stuff from the mid two thousands, but definitely 2010 is where the lights really (laughs) turned on for me Uh uh, as a giants fan. That that was a, was a big year for me. So I, I still have the whole world series on like iTunes movies or whatever. 
I, nice. I have, I bought those. So uh, anytime I'm like on an airplane and I don't have anything to watch, I'm just like, all right, we're watching Tim Linscombe <laughs> versus Cliff Lee. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it was a fun world series that that world series. also that was a good one. Yeah. Molina, who was going to get a ring no matter what, because he was on the giants oh, yeah. and then landed in, in Texas. So that was definitely an interesting series, but that'll wrap up this episode of in the pen. Rick, plug your stuff. Let us know your Twitter, what's going on for you in the future. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter, or I guess it's called X now, is no, what, I've been, is no, what I've been told. You um, don't have to do that. <laughs> find me there at I am Rick Graham. Um, and yeah, just, you know, plugging away uh, with closer and holds rankings at PitcherList. Yep. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler. I do the first pitch podcast as well every weekend for pitcher list uh, I, I write uh, an article or two a week as well usually reliever ranks articles and i have a personal podcast called free baseball that you can find on my website crumplerbaseball.com that's where you'll find all of my work but that'll wrap up this episode of in the pen catch us next week for the newest edition and uh, we'll be talking relievers with you shortly <laughs>